guy. Try to touch those lights up there without without jumping and without jumping on the seat. There you go. Oh. All right, now with your hands up, just like that, I want you to walk up here like an orangutan, you know, like this. So come on, with your hands up, walk up here. There you go, see? Do what he did. Everyone, all right, everyone off their seat. There you go, put your hands up and walk up here like an orangutan. Yes, orangutan in the glory. Come on, just walk up here. <laughs> just come on up, there you go. We're waiting, we have, we have all day, so we'll wait for you. Come on, all right. Now I want you to do arm circles like this. Maybe a little background music, Lauren, maybe a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. There you go. Doesn't that feel good? Now uh, just swing your arms this way. Oh, man. How many are just hung over from just the glory last night? Anybody just have a Holy Ghost hangover? Anybody, have you, if you ever had a real hangover, like, a, like not a real hangover, like Holy Ghost hangover is probably more real than anything, but if you've ever had like an alcoholic hangover, not, not that I'm encouraging any of this, but what I'm saying is if you've ever had one in your sinner's days, you know that the best thing for a hangover is what you drank last night. <laughs> no, anybody get that? I bet you guys are a lot of saints, yes. The best thing for a hangover is what you drank last night. So we're going to drink the Holy Spirit, all right? We're, we're just going to get, we're just going to feel good again with the Holy Ghost. So keep stretching. There you go. I mean, this, I'm moving. You can move. I got a guitar strapped on you. What's your excuse? Come on. Come on. There you go. Uh, now we'll do one of these. Oh, man, God, you're so good. You're probably wondering, why is this guy asking me to stretch and move? Because you're about to do some crazy things. All right? This is why. Come on. Keep stretching. Come on, Dave. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> there you go. Uh, keep stretching. Nan Nan Nandry, there you go. Uh, Elliot, don't worry about it. You look good. You look good. You probably look the best out of everyone else. Here we go. Oh, man. Oh, glory. All right. Is, anybody, is everybody good? Is everybody stretched out? You know, I'm not going to start preaching right now, but I, sometimes I feel like I want to. And then, you know, they'll take the mic away from me. That's just how it works. But uh, we come to church sometimes like we come to a funeral. And I'm not rebuking you guys. Uh, I, I just, I just want to encourage you and give you a, give you a you know, perspective. How would you go to a ball game? You know, you know if, if your kid was playing at, at soccer or if you, your favorite team's playing at the playoffs, you know, or the finals, you know, how would you go then? You'd get hyped, right? You'd be like so hyped, like, they're going to win, yeah! You know? How come sometimes we come to church so somber? You know, it's like we're the somber assembly. We're not the somber assembly here. We're a joyful assembly, amen? You're the assembly of the saints. You're the assembly of God. You're the children of God. So we're going to do things to loosen up. Hype ourselves up, not for not for just the sake of being hyped up, you know. It's like we're just gonna fake it and hype up. No, man, God is in this place, amen. God is here and he's gonna transform you. And if you're gonna cheer anybody on, it's gonna be Yay Jesus! You did it! You won! Woo! I'm saved, I'm set free, I'm sanctified. Come on, somebody, somebody get excited right now. Jesus is worthy. 
to be praised if you think that God is faithful. If he's been faithful in your life, worship him. Worship him. Hallelujah. Is he not worthy to be praised? Oh, God, we just worship you right now. We lift you up. We lift you up, Jesus. You are here. You are here. You're in our hearts. You're in our midst, God. Holy Spirit, you move. You move through us. You move by us. Oh, you move in us, God. We just lift you. Lift you up right now, God. to be you don't have to try to be something you don't have to try to be something God is in you you don't have to fake this your walk with Christ isn't a fake walk it's real it's exposed it's vulnerable song list, God, but you mess it up. <laughs> Come on, just pray. Mess us up. Come on, say that. Just mess it up, God. Lord, we want your order. Huh? We want your order in this place, not our order. We want your decency and your order, whatever that looks like, God. Whatever that looks like, God. We're not going to interpret what decency and order means, God. We want your order. We want your order, God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands. Tell them, tell them, Jesus, do what you want. Do what you want in me. Come on, lift up your hands. Say, do what you want, God. Mess me up. Mess me up. Some of you are going to get snot-faced messy. Some of you guys are going to run around out of control. Some of you guys are going to shout like you've never shouted before because God is going to mess you up. 
He's going to roll you around in the ground. He's going to dip you in His Spirit. He's going to baptize you once again. He's going to refresh you, refresh you. Hallelujah. He's going to mess you up. Mess us up, God. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, mess us up. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You're so good, God. Come on, keep playing. little better now <laughs> hallelujah I told you the best thing for a hangover is just more of what you drank last night hallelujah. <laughs> all right so here we go you guys are stretched you guys are ready now this is what we're gonna do we're gonna look like a bunch of fools for Jesus right now so look at your look at your neighbor and say you're gonna look like a fool in a minute Look at your other neighbor say, you too. All right. Now, okay, do I have radical people in this place? Do I have a couple of radicals? Do I have like a room full of radicals here? Because what we're going to do is we're going to run around. <laughs> yeah, we got a radical right there. We're going to dance. Yeah. And we're going to shout. Woo! All right. So hope you guys are ready. And if I uh, if I don't see you running, well, I'm just gonna be like, man, drink some more. <laughs> uh, don't worry, I'm not gonna call you out. I love you. I'll just call you out in the spirit. I'll be like, ah, send the vibes. All right. Okay. Enough goofing around. Ready?
bass and the drums right now. We're going to have a little chat. All right. There you go. You guys are feeling that? <laughs> Who's getting excited now? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Here we go. When, I, when we start singing this chorus, I want to see the guy that yelled the loudest here. What's your name again? Julian, that's right. Julian is going to start us off. And he's going to run back that way. And he's going to run across the back there. And then he's going to run this way. And then you're going to follow. <laughs> My man right here is like, yay. <laughs> oh, glory. I better see you in second place. <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah. Are you guys ready? I am Because you're above any sports team, any celebrity. Lord God, you're above any idol. We place you above right now, Jesus. The world thinks we're crazy anyway, God. They think we're nuts already, Lord. We'll give them more reason. We'll be fools for you. We'll be fools for you. Because your foolishness is greater than the wisdom of man. Your foolishness is greater than the wisdom of man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Lift up your hands right now. Praise Him. Praise Him. Oh, God, you're worthy. You're worthy. I'll be fool for you. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they think. I'll be a fool for you, God. I'll be a fool. 
David said, I'll become even more undignified than this. He was the king. And when that Ark of the Covenant was rolling through his city, he took off his clothes and he ran around like a crazy man in his underwear. <laughs> I'm, no, don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to do that. He ran around in his underwear and his wife was like, ugh, oh my, what a fool. What a fool. His wife, the queen, was like, what a fool. And David said, I will be more undignified than this. I don't care what you think. I'll get sloppier than this. I'll go streaking all day. I don't care what you think. I'm excited because God is here. That's what he said. I'm excited because God is rolling through my city. He's rolling through the streets. He's rolling through the aisles. I'm excited. I will be more undignified. <laughs> and y'all don't want to know what happened to his wife. Y'all don't want to know. Read your Bible. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father God, we just feel your presence right now in this place, God. We just feel your presence, Lord. That's all we want. That's all we want, God. <laughs> Just tell him what you want right now. Just tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. Hallelujah. Tell him what you want. Come on, whisper it, whisper it. Oh, God, I want to see, I want to see move like never before in my heart, in my city, in my life, God, in the people, without hope, without faith, God, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. I want to see the blind see. I want to see the lame leap like deer. I want to see, God, the crippled walk and get up off their wheelchairs. I want to see, God, people restored to oneness in you. I want to see, Lord. Your fire, I want to see God, your fire, I want to see Lord, your fire move, I want to see your fire move. I'm done. I'm done playing games with religion. I want to see your fire move. I'm done with the ins and outs, God. I just want you. I just want you. Because only you satisfy.
Only you satisfy. Only you satisfy. Only you satisfy. You know, Joe, Pastor Joe said something so profound yesterday. And I don't know if everybody caught that, but it was so deep. It just blew me away. And what he said is just blowing me away right now. Because it was such a revelation. See, we're so used to our senses, our touch, our taste, our our eyes, and you know, our five senses. We're so used to that. But what's more real than the reality that we perceive with our senses is the heavenlies, the reality of heaven. Who wants to perceive that? I'm asking you, who wants to see and taste and sense that today? I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of man-made efforts. I'm tired of man-made religion that tries to fake it, that tries to see with natural eyes. I want to see with supernatural eyes right now. I want to see in my mind's eye, in my spirit's eye, I want to see the glory. I want to taste the presence. I want to be overwhelmed by His Spirit. I want to be pressed down. I want to be shaken together. I want to be run over by His presence. Because I gave it all. I gave it all. Come on, just give it all right now. Give it all. Give, and it shall be given to you. Give, and it shall be given to you. Just give, lift up your hand and say, Lord, take it, take it, take me, take me there, take me there, funnel me in, funnel me in, take me there, take me, God, take me, Jesus. Come on, come on, just tell him, take me, God. I don't care about what I see in the natural. I don't care about what I taste in the natural. I don't care, God. Take me, take me there, take me to your throne room, take me to your throne room.
everyone just get on your knees right now. asking you to get on your knees not as a religious chore or duty not because it appeases me but because this place is holy this place is holy we're on holy ground
Jesus, you're the Sabbath. Jesus, you're the Sabbath. Jesus, you're the Sabbath. Jesus, you're the Sabbath. We enter. it out here say Jesus you're the Sabbath come on reach out to the Sabbath right now rest Jesus you're the Sabbath Jesus you're the Sabbath we enter in your rest hallelujah come on Jesus, you're the Sabbath. Woo! Jesus, you're the Sabbath. We enter in 
lift up your hands and say that. Say, Jesus, you're the Sabbath. you to rest. He calls you to rest your weary, tired soul. Rest. Hallelujah. What a word. Praise the Lord. What a word from Brother Jared. Straight from the heart of God. Enter into his rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift up your voice. It's just a few more moments. Just enter into his rest. Oh, we're entering into your rest, Jesus. We know you have great things planned for us, Father. But we will do those great things by your strength. You said that you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Oh, Father God, and we're more than conquerors. It's because, Father, you defeat our enemies for us. You defeat our enemies for us. We get to sit back and enjoy a feast at the table you prepare for us because you defeat our enemies. Hallelujah. Now just in an attitude of prayer, would you just begin to make your way back to wherever your journals are? I want to welcome you here this morning. Um, Ish, if you could stay up here. The rest of the band is dismissed. Thank you. Let's all sit in these two middle sections. I want you to just get out your uh, your journal here so that you can begin just to write down whatever God is speaking to you. We really just want to hear what God is saying. Oh, Father, Father, what are you saying to us this morning? What are you saying to us this morning? What are you getting out of this time of worship? 
And as you're looking at your journal, you probably should already have some things that you've gotten out of the last couple of sessions. And so just look at those things as God is speaking to you. And brother, would you just uh, sing that song, You Won't Relent, just as we do this, because I just feel that as you were pressing them on, I just feel that God is saying, I'm not going to relent until I get all their heart this morning. And that's what I saw you doing as the prophet. And many of you, you don't understand what Ish is doing because you don't understand Old Testament prophets. As a matter of fact, the, uh, the same word for prophesy can also be rage like a, ma- uh, rage like a madman. The, listen, the same word for prophesy can mean rage like a madman. Because when the prophets would prophesy, they would just look crazy to everybody around them. Seriously, you, you read Jeremiah, you read Ezekiel, you read Isaiah. Look at how God was dealing with them. People thought they were nuts out of their mind, but they were just so full of God. Not only did David dance uncontrollably before the Lord, but the Bible says Saul did the same thing, and he laughed uncontrollably, and they thought King Saul was drunk. They thought he was out of his mind. Remember in the book of Acts, they all thought they were drunk because of how they were just crazy, just all of their passion, preaching and speaking in tongues. So while you were doing that, I just felt the Lord just speaking through you. Just, I won't relent. I'm not giving up until I get their heart. And that's what your your voice was to this morning, to the people this morning. So I just feel that song would be appropriate. Would you just please play that as we just hear from God? Oh, Lord, what are you speaking to me this morning? Speak to my heart. Would you just say that now if you haven't already? God, speak to my heart. Change my life.
For there is love that is as strong as death. It's jealousy demanding as the grave. And many waters cannot quench this love. I want to just give a call right now as some of you are writing down in your journal that if you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, when you get done writing, we don't want to embarrass you, but I want you to stand up because we want to pray for you today to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to speak in other tongues. Because we're going to be talking about the gospel and you are going to need that power to go forth to preach the gospel. So if that's you, if you're done journaling, would you just stand? I know there's a few of you, Jackie. Who else today? This young man, God bless you. Amen. We're not going to embarrass you, but I'm just going to ask that same gender, elder and deacons, would go to them right now. So some of the ladies, please come here. Uh, Jess, uh, Monica and David, would you go to the back for the brother? So we got one young man, two young ladies here. So we're going to pray for them. And let's just, can I just get you guys' attention, you three right here, can you just look at me? We're not going to make this hype right now. He's not going to get loud. We're not going to shout because we don't want you to get confused over what God is doing, okay? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's a brother right there. Uh, this is not something like, you're going to get so excited, you're going to get so excited, la, 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 and you're going to start doing it. This is something that God will do through you like water flowing, just turning on the faucet. Whoop. Once I got saved, it's just he turned on the faucet. No one even had to lay hands on me. So I've experienced it like that. Pastor Berto experienced it like that. Amen. He, he took home the one-on-one lesson. He was reading through it, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, getting ready to meet with his leader. And it was just like, and it just kind of like just came right out. And he came to his leader. He's like, I'm already speaking in tongues. It's like, okay, well, let's still do the lesson. So we're going to just, we're excited about God. A lot of times we, we shout and all that, but we're not going to do that now. We just want leaders to be around each one of them. So uh, we need a couple leaders, female leaders around this young lady. We got one brother here. Okay. Andrew, you're a deacon in case you forgot. So you would want to go around this guy right here. Amen. Let's get uh, Adam to come forth from the sound booth. Come forth. Lazarus, arise. Uh, Ellie, come forth. Amen. Amen. We don't need a puppet master here. We don't need the Wizard of Oz back there working the controls. Amen. We already got the main one. Amen. (laughs) We do need the prophetic minstrel. He does help. Okay, now this is what we're going to do. So everyone just look at me real quick before you get real spiritual and try to go to the seventh heaven and say hi to Angel Gabriel. You're, you're, You're right here on earth right now, okay? This is very simple. It's not complicated, and it's not, woo, somewhere way out here. Here's what God's going to do. The God who speaks to you. How many of you have ever heard God's voice? Just okay. I, I he says, I love you. I care for you. Be at peace. Here's something out of the Bible. You're precious. You know. Okay, that voice is going to speak to you in another language, because in heaven they're not all walking around speaking English. They're not going around going, "Qué pasó? What's going on, Holmes?" Hey, there's languages of heaven. You understand? There's languages of heaven. There's languages down earth. What do you think angels talk like? Right? What do we think an angel talks like? Well, the Bible says these are tongues of angels. Paul did this. Peter did this. So you're not doing something like 
some strange cult like we just came up with this. The Bible says your apostles did this. They all did this. Normal people did this. Everybody did this. When God came to their heart, he gave them languages they never learned. By faith, they spoke them out. So God's not going to take your tongue and start wagging it. He went, oh, I can't stop it. And we're like, try to hold on to it for you and clamp it down. No, you are going to hear God's voice. It is compared to a river. It's going to feel like it, the flowing is coming. It is compared to being dunked in water. So you're going to feel like you're being submerged. Okay? You're going to feel like a dove, a presence of God, a fire come upon you, either gently like a dove or like a fire start to burn from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. There's going to be a presence. You're going to feel that. By faith, when you're sensing God there, stop praying in English because we're going to start you in English and then pray what the Spirit says because the Bible says you can pray with your mind and you can pray with your spirit. Though you may not understand your words, heaven understands your words. And the Bible says nobody knows the Father and the Son as well as the Holy Spirit. So the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they are in a Trinity relationship. So no one knows the Father, the Son, better than the Spirit. So when you start speaking the languages of heaven, the Bible says though your mind does not understand, the Father and the Son understand. That is a great way to pray. And they do things in our lives which are mysteries. See, we believe in the mystery of God. We don't believe God can always be understood with our five senses in our mind. We don't do that. We are supernaturalist. And I believe most of you here are. You believe in supernatural power. That's why you pray, right? It's not why you're, uh, you know, going out today and just, you know, doing stuff on your own. You're here because you believe in supernatural power. Well, this is how it works. Amen? Okay, so uh, everybody, just everybody here, let's just raise our hands. And we're going to say, Holy Spirit, baptize us. And those of you who have already been baptized, you can say, re-baptize, okay? So let's just say, Holy Spirit, baptize me, re-baptize me right now with your fire, with your presence, Holy Spirit. Cleanse me of all sin. Cleanse me of all doubt, fear. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Come on and just say, baptize me. Now the prayer workers lay your hands on them and say, Be baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire in Jesus' name. And as they begin to lay their hands on you, just begin to listen to the sound of heaven. And whenever you sense God upon you, stop praying in English and begin to pray in the Spirit right now. Come on, right now, be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Be filled in Jesus' name. Be filled in Jesus' name. Just like the first apostles. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled in the name of Jesus. The rest of us, come on, just pray in the Spirit. We're not ashamed. We'll pray in the Spirit and with our mind. Hallelujah. We do both. We are people of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And prayer workers, now you just be led. Encourage them. Give them words of encouragement. Whatever God may speak to you or just pray over them. And we're just going to sing that song. Just you won't relent. That's where we're at. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you who are already filled, just thank Him as you're praising Him today. Oh, that He would fill you with His precious gift. The oil of the Spirit is here. 
the dove of the Holy Ghost, the fire, the river, the person of the Holy Spirit. He is here. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Mas fuego. Mas fuego, Espíritu Santo. More fire, Holy Spirit. More fire, Espíritu Santo. Viena esta casa. Ahora. Holy Spirit, come into this house now. In el nombre Jesus, in the name of Jesus, baptize your people. Baptize your people. Fuego. Fire. Fire. Yes, yes. See, si, Senor, see, si, Senor, see, si, Senor. We say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Fill us, fill us, fill us, fill us. Come on now, just receive it. Pray your workers be attentive to know where your person is at. If they're not filled yet, ask them a few questions. Ask them if they're afraid. Ask them if they doubt. Ask them if there may be sin in their life. Help counsel them through it. If they need to confess sin, have them get the junk out. Confess their fear, unbelief. Jesus, if they're already filled, just encourage them. Come on, keep praying. Yes, yes. Amen. And then let's get into consuming fire. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to tarry in the spirit a little bit today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All-consuming fire. You're my heart's desire. Living flame of love, come baptize us, come baptize us, all-consuming fire, you're my heart's desire, living flame of love. Come baptize us, come baptize us in all-consuming fire. You're my heart's desire, living flame of love. Come baptize us. Come baptize us in all-consuming fire. You're our heart's desire, living flame of love. Come, come baptize us. Living 
flame of love. Come baptize us. Come baptize us in all-consuming fire. You're our heart's desire. Living flame of love, come baptize us. Come baptize us. Hallelujah. 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 Has any here yet been filled that we were praying for? Jackie was filled. Hallelujah. We're still believing for this one right here. The little engine that could. She's thinking so hard right now. She wants it so bad. Just lay hands on her, Jackie. Because God gives it to the childlike faith. Don't think about it to the point where you make it a work. Nothing of God is a work of a human effort. So there's nothing you're going to do to earn this. It's exactly the opposite. You're going to receive this when you let go. You're going to receive this when you let go. Let go of doubts. Let, let go of human effort. Let go of trying, concentrating. Hallelujah. It's going to come like a wave just as gently as it does when God surprises you when you're in your car or when you're at home and God just, just you know, surprises you and speaks to you. And you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's how it comes. The Holy Spirit comes just like that. So just receive. If your hands are getting tired, you can put your hands down. Just relax and receive. We're going to wait a few moments. Just encourage her by your other prayer language, Jackie. Pray the rest of your kind of counsel. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel Jesus. Oh, yes, this one is being touched by God. Hallelujah. Even if it's just those words, they're precious to God, dear brother. It may sound like groaning. Yes, but that's the Lord. There you go. See, that's the Lord. Sometimes it just sounds like groaning. Oh, the Bible. But He's uttering things through you that words cannot comprehend. That our English language can't comprehend. The glories, the mysteries of God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Precious. What God is doing in you is precious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, brothers, let him just soak into glory so that he knows it's God. It wasn't man. It was God. Amen. So, brother, just pray as the Lord leads you now. Hallelujah. It's God. Hallelujah. God is moving. God is moving. God is moving. Yes, yes, yes. Upon your sons and daughters, they will prophesy. Come on, as some of you uh, young people are waiting for the transition, maybe ask God to give you a prophetic word for school so when you come back uh, to school, you can have a prophetic word. Because the Bible says young women and men will prophesy. It may not be for the church today, but it may be for your friends Monday. Come on. Oh, give them words, give them words to prophesy dreams and visions. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. We say yes to you, God. This generation belongs to you, God. They are marked, God. 
They are marked, Lord, with a purpose and a calling to take back what the enemy has stolen from, from them, Father. Yes, hallelujah, 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 fresh fire, fresh fire. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. That's the sound of Pentecost. I think Peter sounded like that on the day of Pentecost. The apostles, hallelujah. Amen. 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 Come on and just let them pray. Brothers, those who've received it, let them soak in it a little bit. Like I said before, we don't, we don't want them to think it was just a work of man. So those of you who just received it, now just bask in it. The Holy Spirit, that's your prayer language. Oh, yes, God, oh, yes. I can feel the wave of your Spirit. Feel the wind of your love. Feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. Oh, yes, God. I feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the wind of your I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. And let it rain. Let it rain. Jesus! Open the floodgates of heaven. Hallelujah! Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. I feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven, let us hear. I feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. 
Now the heartbeat of heaven let us hear. Come on, lift up your hands and sing that. I feel the wind of your love. I see the waves of your spirit. Now the heartbeat of heaven let us hear. Let it rain. Let it rain. Open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain, let it rain, open the flood, come on one more time, let it rain, and let it rain, let it rain, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain. Let it rain, open, come on, let's sing Firefall. In Firefall, Firefall, fall on the hearts of your people, Firefall, Fire. Just the voices sing. Set fire for fire for on the hearts of your people. Fire. Hallelujah. Can we bless the Lord this morning? Come on, let's just bless him. Hallelujah. Glory. Oh, praise him, somebody. Slap somebody high five and say his fire is here. Amen. His fire is here. Oh, praise him. Would you turn on these lights for me? Let me just encourage anyone who has not received, the Holy Ghost is not going anywhere, okay? It's all right. We have stories of both ways. We have stories where they received instantly, and we have stories that uh, the little engine that could. Who, who took the longest here to receive? What, I think some of you had to wait three or four months. No, I'm not talking today in this service, but in general. As a Christian, to wait to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. How long did you have to wait? Two years seeking the Lord. It won't be that long for you, okay? Can anybody beat two years being a Christian, seeking the Lord for that? I think you won the award. Yeah, can I? Yeah, Yeah, I I was brought up in the Pentecostal church where it was almost taught like, well, you're an elite if you speak in tongues. Like, you're like up there. So it was bad teaching, so I felt like I was never worthy. So it was until one day I said, Lord, I I just give up. And then I was actually playing in the band, and I started speaking in tongues. Just boom, like, I think, I think yeah, it was boom shakalaka. There it is. That's all we need. Amen. Encouragement. Turn quickly with me to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. 
And uh, if I didn't tell you before, our schedules are always flexible by the Holy Spirit, okay? Can I get an amen? Everybody just say, go with the flow. And if you can do that, you're cool. Thank you. Go with the flow. We are not in a hurry. No one is going anywhere. Pastor Adam is going to preach an on-time word. And I really believe that us staying here in the town, we're not tired from uh, over, you know, uh, not sleeping in our own bed. I think we got refreshed last night. I don't think that we're overtired from doing a whole lot of other things. I really feel great right now. If you didn't get in a lot of sleep, that's okay. It's your fault. We don't feel sorry for you. No, but... Uh, I really sense that this gives us a good foundation. So if you're asking for my Holy Ghost prediction, I think these will be what we have in the future, okay? Trips will be something else, but I think our spiritual depth needs to be grown here in our backyard because uh, it's, it's less expensive, more people can come. Uh, you don't get wore out sleeping in other beds. And especially once you get past two children, you know, two or more, man, that's hard for families, you know, especially if you're only staying for one night. Hotels aren't conducive. Uh, I'm just really happy you guys are here this morning. Amen. Just wanted to share that with you so you could hear my heart. Uh, Pastor Adam's about ready to preach on uh, giving the gospel. You have already heard about grasping the gospel. You are, uh, can, can, um, now you have been consumed with the thought of what this means. Pastor Jared brought it so just, just in your face, in my face, that I think your heart will never be the same. You've grasped it. Now you've got to hold on to it. And then Nancy yesterday talking about growing, that there is a growth in the gospel. You are completely saved. You are as saved as you're ever going to be. But you need to grow in that salvation. And I believe that's what she talked about. And so when you look at your life, kind of like a gardener going before their uh, garden, you've got to learn to pull things out, get rid of idols. You know, you're just doing that daily so that that garden can be pure and good ground. Amen? And giving the gospel, I want to share something very particular and specific to our church and my personal life. 1 Corinthians 9.16, it says, Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. Woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. The long story short is Metro Praise was started by preaching the gospel on the streets. I believe this is a command of Jesus. When you look to Mark 3.13, Ellie, can you uh, put that up there for us quickly? Mark 3.13, turn there or just look up here, it's okay. But I want you to hear my heart. Metro Praise was started with preaching the gospel. I believe it's a command to go and preach the gospel. And yet... Just as intense as we are about our discipleship, we are about evangelizing. So you could say evangelizing, winning the lost, and making disciples. We call it connect, mentor, send. You connect, you get saved, you get discipled, and you get sent out to do the same thing. It's pretty simple, right? There has been no other thing we have been persecuted for as much as our evangelism. I want you to hear that. I want you to understand, there has been nothing that we have suffered more reproach for, being made fun of, being told that we're crazy, than our evangelism. One pastor told me, he said, my pastor friend, he's in this area, he sees you guys on the streets every week with your Bibles. He calls you Jehovah Witnesses. He thinks you're a cult. As a pastor, said it to another pastor. He said, I have to confess, I agreed with him and we laughed at you. He said, until I started my church, only had 10 people, and God told me to preach, and I didn't know how. He said this to me as we were sitting over lunch because he said, I want to do what you're doing. Now his church is over a year old, and they are seeing people one to the Lord through the evangelism that they're doing. Okay, Mark 3, 13 through 15 says, Jesus went up on a mountainside, called to him those he wanted. They came to him. He appointed 12, designated them apostles, that he might be with them and that he might send them out to preach. Somebody say, send them out to preach. Thank you. Send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. 
That is a command for every disciple. So if you're not a disciple, that command is not for you. You have permission not to do it. But if you are a disciple, you are commanded to do it. Give you some stats real quick so that you can understand the dire need. And I'm not stealing Pastor Adam's thunder. I wanted to make sure these were not points he was going to bring up. So I just want to share this quickly. 95% of all Christians have never won somebody to the Lord. Nine out of ten have never won somebody to the Lord. The Great Commission, go and make disciples. Here Jesus said in Mark 3.13, all disciples be with me and I'm going to send you out to preach. 95% of Christians aren't doing that. How dare the Christian Church of America be so rebellious towards God's commands? Who do they think they are? Who does this American church think they are? How dare these TV preachers, these pastors behind pulpits, profiteering from their messages and being people-pleasing, how dare they deceive God's people? And on behalf of good pastors, I apologize to you if I was the first one you met that held up this command. I apologize. They were not doing their jobs. And if you came from a church that preached like we do, then well done. Send that pastor a thank you note because they are suffering for doing that as we have suffered. We have stood on the preach, uh, on, the, on the corners to preach, and we have been persecuted more by the church than we have been by the sinners. When I go out on Wicker Park and Belmont and Clark, maybe one conversation will go bad at night. Maybe one. You know, going out to the west side. Maybe one. Somebody will get upset. You know, who, who are you to tell me this? Who are you to tell me this? But you know who gets most upset? It's the other Christians. Why are you telling people they're going to hell? My church doesn't say it like that. Why are you out here preaching like this? Why are you here? I had one man, of course, you know, Roman Catholics have a whole different belief system, but they still consider themselves Christian. You know, they're a part of that number. He said to me, I'm disgusted by you being out here. My priest would never degrade himself to come out here to talk to people like this. I said, your priest is nothing like Jesus then, sir, because Jesus spent his life on the streets. He was a friend of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. I have a, uh, a, a um, and I'm ending with that stat. I won't take any more time. Uh, I'm going to end with this. Uh, I, won't, I have a lot more stats. Uh, here's a secret some of you don't know, and this is for Brian. Where's my man Brian at? Where he is. Brian, you remember I told you I was going to start the devotional book? That was going to be one of my projects. You know it started now, right? And I told you I was going to write another book. No one really knows about it except the leadership. Discipleshipchurches.com is my first completed book for people outside of our church to learn about starting a discipleship church. So Brian and I were talking because I said, man, you build walls and I write books. And, and I told him about that about two years ago when we were doing Wicker Park. And this time when we came here for uh, diversity, he's like, where's the books at? You know, like, I've been building some stuff. Uh, don't see your new books anywhere. <laughs> So this is, in the new, this is in that new book. It was something that I was keeping on the down low. I hadn't started it yet, but once I did, I knocked it out. And those, all the stats are in there. Discipleshipchurches.com. Somebody say discipleshipchurches.com. The whole book is there soon to be published, and we're going to help other pastors. All glory to God. Here's a question I got on Forum Spring. What if I'd rather not be sent out? You know, Forum Spring's anonymous. People ask questions. What if I'd rather not be sent out? What if all I'm looking for is a good faith-based church to connect with and call family? You notice how she said connect and send in there already? What if I don't want to be sent out, but I'm just looking for a good church to connect with? I haven't committed myself to attending every Sunday because I'm afraid the church expects me to be sent out. Nothing to fear. We do expect you to be sent out. That is a reality. 
we've done a good job of that then, haven't we? It's sunk into somebody's understanding. Why do we say the vision every week for those like this? We want everyone to understand we expect you to be sent out. Jesus expects you to be sent out. Here was my answer back to her in love and grace. I would ask you, do you desire first to be a disciple? And thus, according to that answer, I would say that will determine your place at Metro Praise. We are a church like Jesus who makes disciples. No place to hide or for being a pew sitter. If a church is where you just want to be saved and hang, uh, hang out, this is not for you. But if you want to be saved, train, and live like Jesus, we are here to do that. We know God commanded you to do this. Thus, we plead with you to humble yourself and follow him. Side note, with our worship, preaching gifts, and outreach, we could easily be a church of 5,000 by now if we would have tied ourselves to another vision, except we tied ourselves to the vision of making disciples. After Jesus healed and fed thousands for three years, he only had 120 that were his disciples. And being almost eight years old this March, we now have somewhere around 100 disciples. It has taken us eight years to make 100 disciples. Jesus did it in three years. The Son of God. Amen. Pretty awesome. I mean, he had a leg up on me, but, uh, you know, chugga, chugga, chugga. I'm getting there, you know. Okay. So Jesus, only after uh, three years, had 120. This is the cost. However, the 120 turned the world upside down, and so can you. Search your heart and allow the leaders to really discover the opposition that you have to God's commands and be set free. The Jews thought they could just believe, but Jesus told them they had to be disciples, and that word is for you. John eight thirty one. to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Would you all stand to your feet and give a round of applause for Pastor Adam as he comes today? <laughs> Pastor Adam Yeves! Amen. You guys may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let's just uh, start off in prayer. Let's just close our eyes. God, we always come to you, God. We acknowledge your heart for us, God. God, it's shocking to think that your church, God, would sit back and say, that's not my job. But God, I pray right now, God, that you would use me, Father, to bring this word to give the gospel unto all nations. And that, God, you would stir it up in our conscience, that it would be a part of our convictions, God, that we wouldn't put it to the side, but, God, we'd make it our desire because it's your heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. How, much, how many of you guys are enjoying yourselves so far in this entire conference? Amen. Is God doing something in your life? Amen. When you look at what God is doing, it's, it's for a purpose. He's building you up. Jesus is the foundation, and you're growing in God. You know, we learned about grasping the gospel, understanding. So you won't say, like, I don't fully understand it, but you know what God's call is in for your life. And then after that, you are growing in the gospel. You, what are you doing with your life? You grow in the gospel. Today, I'm going to be talking about giving the gospel. Amen. And we need to see this as something that, man, God wants us to do, that it wasn't the option. Let's go back and look at what the gospel definition is so we go back and, and refresh our minds. The gospel defined is this. The gospel is the good news concerning God's glory and humanity's salvation by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. 
Amen. Everything that we do brings God glory. And you might ask yourself, man, how does giving the gospel bring God glory? It just maybe seems that that's what something the church might say so they can get more people in. Right? Isn't that a cool thing? Like, oh, God wants you to go out and share this because, you know what, he wants you to do it. And it may seem like, man, the church just wants me to do that just because they feel lonely. Somebody say, I'm feeling lonely. Come on, we ain't feeling lonely. When we look to the Bible, Jesus said to See, I want to tie something in with you right now. Before we move on and giving the gospel, you have to see your heart in this. When we give somebody the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's really about leading someone to Jesus. And you have to mention repentance. Somebody say repentance. You see, you can't be afraid of that word. You can't be uh, uh, offended by that word. And you can't necessarily think about, like, I'm going to offend somebody if I say that word. You cannot see it like that. Because all throughout the scriptures, God... God is talking about repentance, bringing people back to him. If you look all throughout the scriptures, God created the heavens and the earth and everything was good. We understood that. And then Adam and Eve, they messed it up. And then following after that, God was redeeming mankind. He was having, he was doing it. But still, even after he called people unto his own name, they fell apart. They turned away. If you can do me the favor, you can open up your Bibles to, amen, hallelujah. Open up your Bibles to 2 Chronicles 7.14. 2 Chronicles 7.14. If you guys are taking notes, you can take this. They're not going to be on the screen, but these are added in my notes. 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says it like this. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways... Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let's read that again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. What is God talking about right here? He's wanting his people to do what? Turn from their sin. What's that called? repentance. Did you know that when you give the gospel, it's not necessarily just saying, hey, good things, man, Jesus loves you, come to my church. Because <laughs> that's pretty easy, right? We don't have to think about, I'm not going to hurt someone's feelings, whether they don't believe in Jesus, whether they're a Buddhist, Muslim, I can just say, hey, come to my church, and that can be pretty fine. And they can come to church, and man, they can be a year in church, and still think, hey, this is pretty cool. I still follow this set of beliefs, but I guess I can come to church because you know what? They're saying this is cool too, so I'm going to try both, and I feel good about myself. You see, you can't really do it like that. The message of the gospel is not necessarily, it's good news. But why is it good news? It's good news unto the sinner. It's good news to someone who's dead in their sins. You see, it's not good news for someone who doesn't see their need for Christ. See, someone who's about their way, I just, you know, I don't go to church. I don't even think about it. On a Sunday, I get up, watch the football game, and I'm good. I see people go to church. I drive by churches, and I see them packed, and I just think to myself, that's not me. That's for them. I, I have no a reason to be there. There's nothing in my heart, only set of convictions that I have that says I need to be there. I need to hear something from God. You see, they don't see their need for God. See, grace is useless. It's meaningless. And so you see yourself for who you really are. You see, every single one of us, we saw that. We saw our, our state. 
and who we were. And we said, God, we need you. See, repentance, if my people will humble themselves and turn from their sins. See, given the gospel, guys, I want you to get this in your heart, that this isn't just Adam, what he's saying, but Jesus, he makes it throughout the entire Bible. The Old Testament is filled with it. Or what about the New Testament, Adam? We'll get there too. Amen. Let's keep on going. A couple of questions for you guys. How about this? Have you ever shared the gospel with someone? Let's take our time with this. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody? I'm not saying, are you going to? Just right now, have you ever shared? Yes or no? If yes, what was the outcome? Man, what did you see God do in the person's life? You know, sometimes, you know, when you're sharing the gospel, maybe they not, may not accept it, but God surely did something in your life. Come on. If no, what were your reasons for not sharing? Come on, take some time. If yes, what was the outcome? If no, what are your reasons for sharing? I remember, um, I can fill out that and say, yes, I've shared it before, and I've been to Mardi Gras. And if you've ever known anything about Mardi Gras, it's a place where a lot of people go there to deliberately enjoy themselves, indulge themselves in their flesh, to go out there and do things you would never even dream about, or like, wow, I can't believe it. They go out there to sin, Okay. And, and, and this is what it is. I've been out there and I say, yes, I've done it. And so many times I preached it. And then the result was probably something I, I didn't want to see. Maybe they turned me down. They said, you know, I don't want that. But I remember coming back from those times of witnesses and God opening up my heart and filling up my heart saying, this is my people. I love them. And I saw my passion, my desire to reach the lost grow. So whether if it was a yes and it didn't turn out, what was the outcome? If no, what were your reasons for not sharing? And if you're in this place and you said, no, I haven't done it, I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit that God himself will put that conviction in your heart, that he's going to encourage you, he's going to build you up, you're going to see the need for it. Amen. Five reasons to give the gospel. These are five points. Amen. Number one, Jesus said, go. Number two, people are lost and separated from God. Number three, the gospel is the power of God. Number four, the loss depend on it. And number five, heaven and hell are real. If you're ready for this, come on and say amen. Amen. Point number one, Jesus said go. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up. If you don't, it's on the screen for you. Reasons to give the gospel. If there's no better reason than Jesus telling you to, I don't know what else to say, okay? Let's read it, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. It says this, therefore, go. Somebody say go. go. Come on, say it like we're awake today. Therefore, go. and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, this passage of Scripture starts off with the Great Commission. But I think some people read that and translate it to the Great Suggestion. Jesus is suggesting, hey, when you feel like it, you think he's being taken up in glory. He's like floating into heaven and disciples are looking up and he's looking at him and like, hey, if you feel like it, talk about me. There he goes. Hey, did you hear that, Peter? Yeah, let's go back fishing. All right, cool. You know, that, that doesn't happen. But Jesus, his entire ministry, when he came here, he comes to the disciples. They were fishing. Peter, he goes, they're fishing. He says, come, follow me. And at once, they followed him. 
During Jesus' earthly ministry, he had been calling people unto his bodily presence. He's saying, come follow me. Come be with me. And for three years, they were with Jesus, serving, watching Jesus heal people, watching Jesus feed the, the thousands. And they were seeing all these different things. And Jesus said, follow me, follow me. Then we get to this point in Matthew 28 where Jesus now, after being glorified and being taken to heaven, he's saying, listen, now go. The entire time he said, come follow me, come follow me, be with me. I want you to stay with me, come follow me. And he gets to this place, now he says to them, go. The entire time Jesus is being taken to heaven, now he gives the last commands, go out there. You see how that changed? It doesn't mean that you're leaving God, doesn't mean that you're leaving Jesus. But his desire is for people now to go and share, his disciples. Man, I tell you what, Jesus knew what, Jesus knew what he was saying. He told them, go. He looks at the people there following him, and he says, go out to the people. And in the disciples' mind, they could have said, like, man, the same people that killed you, Jesus? You want us to go to them? He looks at them and says, go for me. Go. And like, okay, we'll do it. It wasn't a suggestion. Jesus made it perfectly clear. Therefore, go. And therefore, maybe go. Therefore, go. Come on, if it wasn't just that, are you obeying God and going? What does it mean? Like, man, does it mean just coming to church? God, I go to church. Hey, I'm going. <laughs> God, you said go. I'm going to church. I'm with my family. Go and make disciples. Come on now. Amen. Go and make disciples. God of who? Do you think the disciples went back? You think Peter went to his brother and saying, hey, you need to be a disciple. What are you talking about? There's people out. They don't know about Jesus Christ. There's people out there that rejected him. There's people out there. They're saying, I don't know if I should follow Christ. There's people out there. He's saying, go. You go. Because I'm telling you to. Go. I love that. Jesus keeps it real. He's God. If he's Lord and the Bible is the sole authority of your life, what it says should have the authority to get you to go somewhere and it should get you to stop in your tracks if you're going the wrong way. Jesus is saying right now, get out there. In your hearts right now saying, God, I'm failing at this. Come on now. Go. Another reason why we should preach the gospel. Point number two. People are lost and separated from God. See, this is their nature. This is who they are. See, if you come up to somebody and say, man, you know what? I just don't believe that. That's maybe what you believe. I don't believe that. doesn't matter what they believe. What if they're saying, I don't agree with you? This is who you are. This is God's word. I'm not making this up. Let's read Isaiah 59. Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord. And he was commissioned and called by God to preach to Israel, to give them the word. When they were going astray from God, he said, Isaiah, go and tell them. Woo. And this is what he says in Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. It says this, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities, come on, someone say iniquities. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. Come on, that word iniquities, if you guys don't know what it means, it means that your sin the evil in your life. Come on now. You can't come up to somebody who's never heard the gospel. Your iniquities separate you from God. They're not going to understand that. But you can tell them, listen, you are lost and you're separated from Christ. You're separated from God. That's everybody. 
well, man, you know what? Not really my father because he doesn't come to church. He comes once in a while, and he's really a good person. I mean, he works, and he does all these things. And doesn't the Bible say that you got to take care of your family? And if you do that, you're okay with God because he wants you to do it. So he's somewhat obeying his commands, but he doesn't really like the repentance. He doesn't really he doesn't get down with that. People are lost, separated from Christ. You see, God didn't love his life so much. Jesus didn't love his life so much to think like, man, I'm going to hold on to this. But he said, I'm going to give my life. Come on. Give my life for people so that they may know me. It's who they are. It's who they are. Think about it like this. Everyone and anybody here has had someone tell them about Jesus. And when you think about telling someone you're lost and separated from God, man, that doesn't go down to well, right? Have you ever tried that? I mean, being in Mardi Gras, people are there sometimes drunk. People are there just like, just don't even care about Christ or God or anything like that. They really go there for like the religious freedoms because if you know anything about Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday and the day after Mardi Gras is Ash Wednesday. So this is so Catholic thing where they say, you know what? Ash Wednesday is a time where we, we consecrate ourselves before uh, Easter. And we say, man, we're going to separate ourselves. We're going to give up chocolate. We're going to give up TV. We're going to give up something because we're religious. And you know what? Before we give up something, before we say deny ourselves, we're going to go out and party. We're going to get all our sin out. And then we're going to come Ash Wednesday and for, ask God for forgiveness. And he's going to do it because that's the way it works. When I mess up, he's going to forgive me. And even if I mess up and mess up and I like to mess up, he's going to forgive because that's God he has to right it's his word and we're out there and we're preaching to them hey listen man where you out you find out to get to know their story and they may know something about Christ and listen man you're lost and you're separated from Christ what did you tell me you are lost and separated from Christ says who let's open up the Bible what does Jesus say see it doesn't go down smooth but Jesus said that you know what Jesus said in Mark, Matthew chapter 4, early on in his ministry? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. <laughs> Jesus starting off his ministry, guess what he said? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Think about it. Everyone in this place has had somebody tell them about Jesus. Think about that person. Who's told you about Jesus? If it wasn't for that person, how would you have known about Christ? Would you have been saved? God may have used somebody else, but that person God used is because they opened their mouth. It wasn't because they were acting nice around you. They weren't giving you a leg up. It was because, you know what? God used them to speak Jesus into my life. You got to use your mouth, y'all. Come on. You got to use your mouth. So many times I remember coming to church, and, and I, I grew up in church, but this idea of sharing the gospel, I mean, like, it sounded cool. And when I did it, being denied, being rejected, I saw, like, man, this isn't fun. God, I thought this was supposed to be fun. They don't like me, Jesus. You know, I get along with people, but they don't like me. And it's because of you. Every time I say, man, God, this is what it is, they, they don't like that. You have to use your mouth, guys. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. This is what it is, Amen. Point number three, the gospel is the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The gospel is the power of God. Another reason why? Because there's power when you preach this gospel. There's power when you preach this message. Come on, let's read it. Romans 1.16, it says it like this. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, 
than to the Gentile. Come on. For I am not ashamed, Paul says it here, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the, come on, shout it out. Oh, y'all could do better than that. Because it is the, come on, of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. I love this, that when we talk, God uses us. See, it's not my job to save somebody. Someone look to your neighbor and tell them, it's not your job to save somebody. Come on, you got to believe that. It's, not your, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's work. So that in your mind you can get up like, if they're not saved, then I messed up and somehow God's not proud of me. It's not your job to save somebody. Christ died on the cross for this. Your job is to tell them. Hello? Your job is to tell them. And guess what? When you tell them, there's power that goes out. Hello? There's power. Why don't you open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 2. Come on, let's get there. 1 Corinthians 2. We'll start in verse 1. First Corinthians two, starting in verse one. Amen. Well, let's read it out. This is Paul speaking, and he's writing to the Corinthian church, and he's saying this. He says, "When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom, as I proclaimed to you the testimony about our God, for I resolved to know nothing." While I was with you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. See, Paul, what is he telling him here? Guys, listen, I'm just nobody. I don't come here to try to, ex- to make it seem like I know it all. But when I come to you, it's God's power that's working through my life. It's a power of God. You see, when you share this message, the Holy Spirit goes forth and touches the person's life. Listen, this is what it is. The gospel is the power of God. What did Jesus say when he was with his disciples? I love this. Because it's just as in words. This is supernatural. Okay. Jesus, when he was with the disciples, what did he tell them? He said, man, I'm going to send you out right now in the earthly ministry. I want you to go out, do what? Heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. He doesn't say maybe go. He says, go do this. So what's God's heart for his people? What does he want you to do? Heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Man, I don't know what Jesus wants me to do. Hey, he said it easily. Heal the sick, cast out lepers, cast out demons, and cleanse lepers. Man, Adam, I just don't know if he wants me to be a pastor or he wants me to be a worship leader. Okay, which one do you want to do? I really feel led to worship lead. Okay, well then cast out demons, cleanse, cleanse lepers, and heal the sick. Man, I, you know what? That's not really, I don't, I don't know if that's God's desire for my heart. You see, my real issue is I don't know if he wants me to be single or if he wants me to be married. I'm kind of stuck into it. Which one do you want to do? I, well, I want to be married. Okay, what's God's heart, heart desire for my life? Heal the sick. Cleanse lepers cast out demons that's power see that see if god doesn't act on that if god doesn't intercede that's nothing's gonna happen you know what that involves it involves risk you got to go out there it involves a risk 
see, I heard this quote, you're going to miss 100% of the shots of the shots you don't take. Hello? And Jesus is saying, go out, heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. How many of you guys are going preaching the gospel of, of Christ with the authority, with the power of God? Adam, I'm not sure if it's going to happen. He told you to go. Go pray for somebody. See, God's word, it's accompanied by power. It is the power of God to save people. I want to share a testimony. We were in, in um, Oakland, California. We had a, a healing crusade, and they were gathering us up, and we had these, um, these times where we would come, and we'd pray, and they'd lay hands on us, and we'd prepare ourselves to go out to preach the word because we're having a healing crusade, okay, and we're inviting the city. We're not just going to stay in the church and just hope they come. They need to be hurt. They need to be uh, invited. They need to be reached. So we prayed. Before we went out, we said, God, use us. Then we hit the streets. We started witnessing. We started telling people about Jesus Christ, and we started inviting them, okay? And there was this young man. He was, uh, was going to be an SUM, but he had a younger brother who was involved in gangs. And this younger brother of his, he had a, a shorter leg. His name was Raymond, and he had a shorter leg, and he always felt like he was, like, left out in life, and he had all this anger and all these issues, like, I'm never going to be someone. So he figured he'd turn to someone who would give him some kind of, like, uh, respect, acceptance uh, and love, and he turned to the gangs, and, and they invited him out. They said, man, this young man needs Jesus, but, you know, God can heal him, and we're believing for that. And so we had this crusade for about three days, and a young man comes, and he's in the back with his arms crossed, and then they're praying for people. People are getting touched. And he's just thinking in his heart, like, okay. So they come up to him, and they're praying, man. And I'm over here singing. And I'm just like, wow, I'm ready in my heart. Like, God, I'm ready to see a miracle. Like that young man, his leg, he, I mean, he walks like this, not to make fun of him. But that's what it was. And to see that, like, God, you can do it. So we're praying, and we're seeking God, and we're believing God can heal him. The first day, nothing happens. And so we come back the next day. We encourage him, listen, dude. I mean, God's doing something in your heart. And he's like, hmm. And so he comes back the next day believing, like, man, God, come on, you can do this. His brother's crying out, God, heal him. They get the pastors over there. They're praying, speaking, and says, God, do this. And nothing happens. We're not losing hope because there's another third day, and we're saying, man, God, you can do something. And they prayed, and then nothing really happened. And there was a time at the end where we're sharing testimonies of the things that God had done. People have been healed, and testimony God healed people's hearts, and and he says, is there anybody else who wants to come and share a testimony? And here comes this young man, and he's doing his best. He's making it up to the altar, and, and he takes a microphone, and we're thinking to ourselves, like, well, he didn't really get healed. What's he going to say? Like, we've got to be careful. Like, he might start blaspheming God. He might start saying some evil things. You know, what's he going to say? And, and he gets on the mic, and he's just quiet. And he's just really reflecting. He's like, man, you know. This entire week, I really felt the love of God, and, you know, I, I know there's people that love me, and, and I just want to share one thing. God may not have healed my legs, but he healed my heart. He healed my heart. And to the glory of God, that young man is an SUM student today with a call of God in his life. Amen. See, that's the power of God. That is the power of God. You know, there's also testimonies of God healing people. Hello? Adam, I just don't see it in my city. Well, find out where it's happening. Be encouraged by it. It's not happening here. Be encouraged where it's happening. Amen? Well, don't just, well it's not going to happen here. I don't want to celebrate with what God's doing over there. Celebrate with him. It's God's power. Amen? Open up your Bibles to Acts 5. This is what it was like for the early church when the power of God was moving amongst them. Acts 5. 
Now, ma'am, let's go to verse 12. Acts 5, 12. It says this, and we're talking about the gospel is the power of God. Check this out. The apostles performed many, what did they perform? Signs, miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's columnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. nevertheless. Come on. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed. Come on now. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by evil spirits. And all, somebody say all, and all of them were healed. You talk about power. You're talking about seeing some things. Come on, church. Is this the same God? Or do we look at it with a place of reservation and saying, I don't know if he wants to use me. I don't know if God can do that. Hey, the gospel is the power of God. And you need to get that in your heart today. You can't see it any other way. You got to take God for his word and say, God, this is your word. Oh, I guess me excited to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. God is invested into this. Think about this. He's invested into it. Well, I prayed for somebody. They didn't get healed. See, the problem's never on his end. God, I guess you don't have enough healing power. I guess the juice ran out. <laughs> you don't got it today, Jesus. See, the problem is never on his end. It's on us. Go out there. It involves a risk. Come on. Think about that. It involves risk. Go out there. Well, they might not like me. Hey, they didn't like Jesus. (laughs) Hello? They didn't like him, but he was the savior of the world. The Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the, come on, it's the power of God. Point number four. The loss depend on it. The loss depend on it. Romans 10, 13 to 14. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? They're not going to know about it. Loss depend on it. They're not going to come upon it one day and the rock's going to hit them upside the head and say, hey, I need Jesus today. Someone needs to go and tell them. They're waiting for you. Think about this. They are waiting for you to open your mouth, to get past your insecurities, to get past your, your comfort zone and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. The loss depend on it. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? See, this word's calling you to preach. Adam, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. Hey, I didn't say, hey, to the preachers, to the pastors. And how can they? No, 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 no. <laughs> He's telling it to the people. Be afraid of that word. Go preach. Come on, I want you guys to get when you guys pray, the Holy Spirit tells you, go and preach the word. 
get out there. This is his word. God hasn't told me that. He's telling you right now. And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? I want to tell you something. The Bible is filled with people coming and sharing the word of God. Now I want you to imagine the Bible without the prophets. The major prophets and the minor prophets. You know that part of the Bible that sometimes we don't like to read because it's just a bunch of like, man, they're really mad at the people. And I don't like reading that. I like something that encouraged me. Let's go to Psalms. Hey, you know, let's go to Jesus. He loves me. Imagine the Bible without the prophets. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Hosea, Joel. Imagine the Bible without them. What it would have been like? Imagine the people turning from God and choosing their sin and going down a path of utter destruction. But God raised up people, their prophets, to have a word to hear the voice of the Lord and say, God, save them. Hey, you need to return. You need to repent and turn to Jesus. You need to turn to God. God raised up prophets because he saw the need. And today... Right now, God is raising you up. He's raising you up, Oslito. He's raising you up, David. Come on. He's raising you up, Isis. Go and be a voice, a prophetic voice unto the streets. They're not going to hear it unless you share it. Imagine it. You know, the Bible says that when the, the disciples, they were meeting together, then the Holy Spirit came upon them. Okay, check this out. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and what we felt in here, the Holy Spirit coming and giving us tongues, and some of you guys receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that happened. And they all got filled with the Spirit, and they realized, hey, this is it. The Bible says in Acts 1-8, and you will, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. did not say it gives you power to be a better person. <laughs> It doesn't say when you get power, you're going to be a better person. You're never going to lie or cheat, steal. No, you're going to be, have power to be my. Acts 2.38, Peter stands before the crowd. He says, repent woo, and be baptized, every single one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Having power is never tied in so that you can feel better about yourself. Having power is tied in so you can be a witness. God is raising you up as a prophetic voice to these people, to this generation. And he's saying, is there anybody today that's going to go out there and be my mouthpiece? Go out there and be an instrument because the lost are depending on you. I've already come down. I've already given you the revelation of who I am, that I love you. I want to bring you in. But they need to know they're separated from me. The lost are depending on you. Think about it. You can start at home. You can start at home right now. Family, mom, dad, sister, brothers, cousins, close friends. Come on, we all have them. And in our minds, we've kind of put it like, man, you know what? I don't want to offend them. See, the prophetic voice, when you look at when God's giving you that prophetic call, you don't look at offending someone. You look at it as pleasing God. Amen? Pleasing God. The last point, heaven and hell are real. Heaven and hell are real. Come on. Open up your Bibles to Revelation 21. If you don't got it, we have it the screen. If we can get someone on the keys for me, please. Heaven and hell are real. 
See, guys, this, this is all important to us because if you truly believe the word of God, you realize that when you die and you've accepted Jesus in your heart, you're going to spend eternity with him. Come on. And that is going to be the best, that is going to be the greatest thing, eternity with Jesus. But also, if you've denied him, if you've rejected him, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if they were close to you or just because they were your friends. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the president. It doesn't matter if you were a great person in people's standards. Hell is a real place for all those who've denied Jesus Christ. Revelations 21, 3 to 4. It says it like this, talking about heaven and the new earth and what God has in store for those who've believed, who've endured the call. Come on. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There's no crying in heaven, y'all. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Come on. In heaven, you're not going to think about those people that, man, you know what, they never got saved. As a matter of fact, when you're in heaven, you may cry, think like they never made it. My dad, he never made it. He was okay with just hearing it and going once in a while, but he never fully grasped understanding that it's Jesus Christ repenting and living it out. He never heard it, and I never told him. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things passed away. Revelation 21.8. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Come on. God isn't playing. It isn't just for those people who are in prisons. It's for those people who have denied Christ. But God begin to stir up a passion for you to start sharing this with somebody in your heart right now. Come on, can you think of three people that you know need to hear this gospel message? If so, begin to write them in the space provided for you. Come on, three people. Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit's putting some people in your life putting people on your heart right now. In closing, I want to read this passage to you. It was, it was read unto a, a group of students in Mardi Gras, and it, and it stirred a passion, a hunger for us towards God, and that's exactly what I believe God is wanting to do. See, in order for you to really care, you've got to be broken for them. See, because this can come by the wayside and be like, okay, well, that's cool. I guess I'll get around to it. No, 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 no. Now. We said, well, we're going to ask God in this place, God, would you break my hard heart for people so that when I look at them, I can see them the way you see them. God, give me your heart. 
See, we're not praying that this sound extra spiritual, but when you pray that, you better be ready. Because if you're asking for God's heart for the lost, oh, you're going to be broken. You're going to be broken. And when God breaks you, it's going to take away every excuse. I don't care about this. I don't care if I feel like I'm not. I'm preaching to them. I am telling somebody about them being broken. Luke 16, verse 22. It talks about the rich man and Lazarus. I'll give you the short story. There was a rich man and it was a poor man by the name of Lazarus. And every day the rich man would come home. He would see the poor man Lazarus. He would ask for crumbs. And the rich man denied him. The rich man ignored him. And this is where the story picks up. Verse 22. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried in hell. In hell where he was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. See, everything that we know about hell comes from scriptures. It doesn't come up from when people make it to be. They think they make it, you know, hell is just a place where you're not with God, but it's just a place where, you know, it's just cool. You can be there too. No, in hell where there was agony and torment, the Bible says this man was like, and it says, but Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here. You are in agony. And besides all this between us, you are in a great chasm that has been fixed so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor anyone can cross over from here there to us. Verse 27, he answered then, I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. You see, the rich man at that point in time, he realized this wasn't a joke. I can't go back. I know it's over for me, but now I want to go back and tell at least my family so that they wouldn't be here today. Oh, Father Abraham, let me or let Lazarus go and let him tell them because you got to let them know not to come to this place. Verse 29, Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said. But if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. They won't be convinced of it. Hell is real. Hell is real. It's a place of torment. Think about it right now. If your family and your friends were to die without Jesus Christ, they will go there. This is an and if or maybe they will go there. And this man who was in hell, he's crying out, I don't want my family to be here. Someone tell them. See, at that point in time, it was too late. At that point in time, he's crying out to a God who cannot hear him. But you, the church, people of Christ, you have a chance. You have, the time is now. What are you doing? Are you sitting back in your comfort zone and saying, this is it? Or is the Holy Spirit convicting you right now and saying, go? Come right now and in closing, would you just begin to stand to your feet?
Are there things hindering you from preaching the gospel this morning? Listen, I believe that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to touch us right now. Not for emotional sake, but I believe he's going to put a, a Holy Spirit conviction in your heart. Come on, with all eyes closed in this place, would you begin to pray? Say, God, give me your heart for the lost. I got to see them how you see them, Jesus. It won't move me, God. I've been so comfortable, God. I made it all about just coming. I made it all about feeling good. I made it all just being about where I'm at. God, put a, put a Holy Spirit conviction. Put a fire in my heart, God, to reach them, to preach your word. Oh, Holy Spirit, if you don't do it, God, God, no one can do it. Come on right now. Let them break your heart. Come on. Cry out for him, church. God, break hearts in this place. Ben, would you come? Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, church. Let him break your heart. Come on, let it break your heart to the point of weeping. Come on. I don't know about you, but I'm not okay with my family. I'm not okay with my friends going to hell because I was too comfortable or I was too afraid not to preach to them. I'm not okay with that. I don't want to be in heaven one day and say, man, I wish I could have said more. I wish I would have been so comfortable at that point in time. Come on, let God break your heart in this place. This is what we're going to do right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is breaking people's hearts. And we're going to turn this time into a time of prayer. Amen. Because as he's breaking your hearts, he's putting those people in your minds and in your hearts. And he's saying, reach them because I love them. So we're going to turn this place into a time of intercession. Come on, let the Holy Spirit break your heart. Come on. Oh, Jesus, take us from our comfort zone, God. God, we repent for being lazy. Come on. If you've just been lazy, come on. Right now, you need to repent from that. Laziness is not going to get you anywhere in the kingdom of heaven. It's not going to get anyone saved. Come on. God, we repent of laziness. Come on, if there's very fear in your heart not to offend people, come on, you need to repent and come to the Lord and let him build you up right now. Let him take that fear and let him give you a boldness. Come on. If you've just been disobedient to God, saying, I don't want to do that. I'm cool with everything else, Jesus. Just don't tell me to preach. You need to repent right now. Come on. Church, I think we need to start in repentance for ourselves and for the church of America and our apathy and saying, listen, God, if this is where the church has been, God, we repent on our behalf. Come on. We repent right now. Hallelujah. 
corner. Just in a minute, I'm going to dismiss you right now to find a place in this sanctuary. And I'm going to release you to pray. And church, I don't want you to just to pray with your library voices. I want you to cry out for people. Come on. I want you to begin to cry out for people in this place. If the Holy Spirit's in you, begin to have a cry of the Lord in your heart. Come on. Because Jesus himself, he loved us so much to die on a cross. Oh, the scandal of it all. That the Savior of the world, in order to save us, would die first to save us. He didn't die so that we could come here, us four, no more. He died so that your family, so that your friends, so that strangers, so that you could rise up and be a prophetic voice on the streets of Chicago and to this world to declare the glorious gospel of our God. Come on. Father, we bless you. We praise you. God, break our hearts. Break our hearts, God, for what breaks yours. In Jesus' name, come on, I dismiss you right now. Find a place in this sanctuary right now. And get on your knees and cry out to God. Come on. Come on, cry out to God. And say, God, break my heart. Break my heart, Lord. <laughs> break my heart, Jesus. Break my heart. Oh, for the lost. Your heart is broken for the lost. Oh, no, no, mama, say. Come on, begin to lift up those people that you wrote down. Begin to lift them up. Begin to pray for them. God, I pray for my brother in Jesus' name. That, oh, he grew up in church, God. It doesn't qualify. God, bring him back. Bring him back, Lord. I pray for Lando in Jesus' name. Oh, God, that you would save him. Save him from his sin, God. Raise up somebody to preach to him even where he's at in London. God, I pray for Zach. In Jesus' name, God, he knew you, but he turned to the world. He turned from you, God. Oh, God, would you break his heart? Oh, God, he knows you. Oh, come on, church, lift your voice. Begin to call out for them. Oh, Lord, come Started me, started me, started me, started me, started me, changed my heart, changed my heart, changed my heart. Give me yours, give me yours for the lost. Oh, teach me, teach me to love, teach me to love, God.
break us, God. Break us. Break our hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Let the Lord keep using you now. We're not even close to being done. 
God's presence is here. That was such a powerful word. I want you to think about Newtown. I want you to think about our nation. Come on, I want that picture to be in your heart right now. Those children that died for no reason other than the ungodliness of a psychotic person that's been brainwashed by our society that he believes he's nothing but an animal, that he comes from mindless evolution. Come on, get that in your mind now, Newtown. And now get in your mind the countless millions of babies who've died in abortion clinics, being butchered by modern science. You've seen those horrifying pictures. I want you to get that picture in your mind. Get that picture in your mind of babies being cut to pieces, being butchered and murdered, throwing the trash like garbage. The Bible says one thing the Lord hates. He hates those who shed innocent blood. Our nation is full of it. I want you to think about the picture of 9-11 where you were and what you saw on TV. Innocent people dying at the hands of a demonic false religion called Islam who believes that when they kill innocent people, they're rewarded in paradise. The martyrs of our brothers and sisters are in these wicked nations like Egypt and Iran. Some are arrested. Some are put to death. Some are tortured. You've seen these pictures. You've seen the pictures of terror. You've seen the pictures of Newtown. You've seen the pictures of abortion. And now as we sing this song, I want you to intercede. Because my prayer for you is that your heart does not get numb that these things do not become numb to you that they forever scar your heart when I see pictures of tragedy when I see pictures of tragedy don't let it get old to me don't let it get old to me Jesus when I see hunger and poverty, don't let it get old to me. Let my heart be broken. Let my heart be broken. Give me eyes of compassion. Don't let my hunger diminish, but let me finish strong. I want to hear you say to me, well done. When I see pictures of tragedy, don't let it get old to me. When I see hunger and poverty, don't let it be to me. Let my heart be broken. Give me eyes. 
I see murder and loss of humanity. When I see murder and loss of humanity, don't let it get old to me. But let my heart be broken. Let my heart be broken. of prayer would you find your way back to your journal please when I see murder and loss of humanity let it get old to me Lauren you can stay up here this time and we'll uh, let the band be dismissed would you go back to your journal and just write what God is speaking to your heart right now what are you getting in your spirit What are you getting in your heart about the gospel? You grasped it. You understood it yesterday. God is a creator. Man has sinned. God's a good judge. He sends Jesus. We can be saved. You understood it. You grasped it. You begun to grow in it yesterday night as you understood to get rid of your idols grow in the fruit of the ministry, the spiritual gifts, to win the loss, to remove any and all hindrances. Today you learned about giving the gospel. You got to give it away. So what is God speaking to you right now? Oh, what does it all mean to you, to your life? 
Our next session after our break is going to be about getting the most out of the gospel, whether you're a married couple, single, or a young adult or youth. So we're going to make it real practical. But what is God saying to you today? Somebody on your heart, maybe just write down their name. Is God just showing you you need the gospel and you need to get real and not be a hypocrite? Come on, write the things that are going to change starting right now. Are you becoming a revolutionary? Maybe God is saying, man, you got to join the evangelism team. You know, you got to get back in the 201 and take this serious because you're going to start a life group and reach out to people that no one is reaching. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, you're so precious to us. Everything you're doing right now is so special. I'm going to give you a few moments right now just to do that. down I just want to share with you and if you know you feel like you're pretty good with the journal I just want you to hear me you know look up at me but if you're not that's okay keep praying keep journaling but I really just want to share uh, two things that when Adam was talking about that I really think will help tie this in see some of the things that we get accused of because we make everybody evangelist sometimes people think we're trying to make everybody pastors that we're trying to make everybody go to SUM. That because we talk about Mardi Gras examples, we're trying to get everybody to go there, you know, do that. That is the devil's lie, okay? The first thing I want you to hear in my heart to that is Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13 says that the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists are there in the body of Christ for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Does everybody understand that if you're hearing me? My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Well, they're equipping us to do the work of the ministry. They must all want us to be pastors. Go tell the devil to go back to hell. He is lying to you. He is deceiving you. He is corrupting you. Because some other church, some other false prophet, some other false teacher told you church was not about you doing ministry. They lied to you. I am warning you. Get away from them. Cast that thought down. That is a demonic thought. Our jobs, listen to me friends, is to equip you. You're a doctor. Like he was saying, we're going to equip you. You're a lawyer. We're going to equip you. 
Next week we'll be talking about our vision and our governing elders. We have to have people in the workforce. Not everybody could be an SUM student. We'll have no money to pay a bill. Ask you how much money SUM students have. Not a lot. Our three main governing elders, Ish, Ricky, and David, all professionals doing well. It's just promote, got a promotion or a raise. Ricky doing wonderful. Just got, you know, more opportunities to work. Our men are hardworking here. We are not telling you all to quit your jobs and to join a commune and to be in a church somewhere. That is a devil's lie. Get that out of your mind. The message we spoke to you today was to prepare you to do the work of the ministry. That is my job. Now, with that thought, the second thing that I want to share with you is in Matthew 6.33, Jesus said this as our priority. He said this for you, for me, my dad. See, I grew up in a home where my dad was a very successful businessman. Matter of fact, my dad said, don't even tell half of what I've done because I don't want people to think highly of me than they ought to. But you guys have to understand, I grew up in a very successful business family. Still to this day, my parents give me cars. Do you understand? I didn't grow up in poverty. I grew up with a businessman father. My mother never had to work. Dad owned businesses, owns property. I'm already breaking the rule now. And my dad would drive the bus for Sunday school so the kids like Ohio Park could come. He would do the youth ministry. He would play the drums. He would do whatever it took. He fed the poor. My dad would bring home people in the Bible studies. My dad's been cursed out and threatened by low lives in his own business room, in his own, in his own nice office with two secretaries because these low lives wouldn't respect him. But he said, I don't look at them like that. I'll preach to them, bring them off the streets right in here. So get this out of your mind that you can't preach the gospel unless you are a pastor or pastors are trying to make you all pastors. That is a devil's lie. You are going to be held responsible for what you heard today, my friends. And if any other profiteering pastor has told you otherwise, they are lying to you. They are sheep stealing from you. They are getting your wool for their own benefit because they don't. They dare not rustle your little, your little fur. They don't want to upset you. They're lying to you. You will be held accountable to this and what we do. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, he said, seek first the kingdom of God. He taught us that. Ishmael, Pepper Construction, seeks first the kingdom of God. David, for Ameriprise, oh, that's my dad's company. What was your company? Prime America. Sorry, a little competition there. I said the wrong a commercial. Seeks first the kingdom of God. Ricky Rivera, police officer, seeks first the kingdom of God. Then you go down to our, our deacons, those who are working, seeking first the kingdom of God. He said to do this and all things would be added unto you. So I want to ask you a question. The majority of you are never going to be a pastor. You're never going to do what I'm doing right now, and that's okay. But I want to ask you a question. Do you like the clothes that you buy at Domino's? When was the last time you went shopping at Domino's for some clothes to wear? You ever do that? How about, do you like the pizza that Starbucks sells? How many people think Starbucks makes a pretty good pizza? Pepperoni. How many love getting their coffee at Old Navy? Anybody go to Old Navy and get coffee? What do you think we're supposed to do here? 
think we're supposed to do. I've had people tell me, they say, well, all you talk about is the gospel and discipleship. We already know all this stuff. What do you think we're supposed to do here? Do you think I'm supposed to have some end times conference? Speak to you about revelation. You sit on your holy backside, do nothing for Jesus. Your friends and family go to hell. Jesus spoke one chapter about the end times, friends. His whole message was for lost people to get saved. You're supposed to come to church to be saved, connect, get trained how to live saved, and go out there and win people to the Lord. That's what you do here. This is not the Tony Little Club self-motivation. That's not this. That This is not a place where you learn how to make a million dollars in four easy steps. This is not where you learn how to win friends and influence people. Go to Domino's and buy yourself a new sweatshirt then if that's how you think the world operates. We are here for a purpose. Jesus came, the Bible said, to seek and save the lost. We are here to do that. I know you feel me pushing up against them. Maybe it's not you, but it's somebody you know. And we've got to stand on this ground. You understand, I've taught in Bible college. I've write books. We know to talk about other things. But the job is not yet done in America. They're still killing babies. Your coworkers are still living in sin. We'll stop talking about sin and repentance and righteousness and discipleship when this city is one to the Lord. Then we'll take you on a spiritual journey to Ezekiel and the wheels within a wheel. You understand? But until then, 95% of those who show up in churches like this aren't doing it. That's our passion. But the good news is, when you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, all things are added unto you. The next session is going to teach you how to bring the gospel into your marriage. Because the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ does the church. The example he gives me for marriage is the gospel. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this it will go, so life will go well with you. The father relationship, the parent relationship, is the example of God's relationship to us. That's why we're called children. That's the story of the gospel to be born again. Singles, use your singleness not to go downtown to the club, waste your money on trips to Boca Raton or, or you know, to you know, Puerto Vallarta on spring break. You're supposed to use your singleness to go for Jesus. Yeah, you're supposed to use your spare time, your spare money. Go on mission trips. Travel the world. They do it for Peace Corps. They do it for all these other rallies and different things. Give your life for a cause when you're single because of the gospel. Amen? So I want you to come back at 4 o'clock. Come excited. Bring somebody with you. Think of someone that's not here today. I can't control your all schedules, but maybe you know somebody that's getting off and they don't think they can come. Just encourage them. Say, man, come on back here. It's going to be great. It's going to be powerful. Amen? Would you stand up with me, please? I said four. I'm sorry, two. We will end at four. Thank you, sister, because they almost came late. Yeah, you ain't missing nothing. Woo! Man, I almost just want you to pray now. Could you pray for us? You that bold? You that bold and sassy? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for speaking to me, Lord. I asked and I received. I felt your glory. I felt your grace and your presence.
Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for bringing me back to Metro Praise when I left the first time. I never thought I'd come back, and I am here, Lord. I am standing before you. I want to live for you, Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone else who hasn't felt it yet. Just keep asking. I didn't think that I would happen this soon, but I came expecting. Like my sister Carmen said, come expecting. And I, and I receive. And you will too. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you put your hands on us to help us walk your path and to give us strength to keep walking and living for you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you 